hello, hello, my true crime people. Welcome to Mommy's Crime Time. It's Jenny, and I am ready to talk about some crazy shit. And that is Letitia Stock, who has just been arrested this week for the murder of Gannon. Now, if you follow me at all, then you know I have said since day one, the beginning, that she was guilty. Get it? T? They call her T? Guilty? Yes, we all knew she did it. We have been waiting patiently and impatiently for her to finally be brought to justice for what she has done and be arrested, and it has finally happened. And although we are rejoicing the fact that this psycho, batshit, crazy woman has finally been arrested, we are also mourning the fact that we now know that Gannon is not coming home and that our biggest and worst fears have been realized that she did hurt him. And I personally feel like there is a nice warm spot in hell waiting on her. But we'll just jump right on into what has happened this past week. And there's some new stuff that just happened in the last like couple hours that you're definitely going to want to hear about. So we'll start out on March 2nd when she was arrested in Myrtle Beach for being, you know, obviously crazy, but on suspicion of murder. So they arrested her. There's been some speculation about where was she arrested. It appears that it was a traffic stop. They had at first said it was at the mall, but the mall was not even open at the time that she was arrested. So she was driving along. She was going somewhere, whatever the case may be, but she got pulled over and she was arrested. Now, if it was at the mall, maybe I'm wrong. But from what I have understood from reading several, several, several different outlets, she was not at the mall at the time that she was arrested. Damn it. I wish she had been. I wish that everybody and their brother could have watched her be arrested because we all know that she feels like she deserves all these apologies. So anyways, she was arrested on a first degree murder charge for a child under 12 and she is the person of trust meaning that she was the person that was supposed to be caring for this child, so she was arrested for first-degree murder. Now, I'm not sure how this works with that kind of charge, if that means that it was premeditated. I'm assuming not, considering it says a child under 12 by person of trust. Also, she was arrested for child abuse resulting in death, which would go along very, very well with what we've said and how we believe that whatever happened to that house Sunday night caused her to lose her mind she snapped, she hurt Gannon, and eventually, in some way, shape, or form, hurt him too bad, and then ultimately led to his demise. We know that it appears that he got into the truck with her on that Monday morning. Was he in so much pain? Was he, you know, already in distress? What had happened? We don't know, but we do think whatever happened, happened that night. Also, tamper with the deceased body. This charge has gotten a lot of people talking because... People are saying, well, how did you tamper with a deceased body if that body has never been found? Because they have not found Gannon yet. I just want to clarify the fact that tampering with a deceased body can mean moving a deceased body. Let's look at Chris Watts. He was charged with tampering with a human corpse because he killed Shanann at home, put her into his truck, and then drove her to the oil battery site and buried her. He got that same charge for both of his daughters because not only did he kill them, but then he dumped their bodies into the oil batteries. So tampering with a deceased body can come down to just moving the body. It can also be much, 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 much more sinister, as in you could dismember a body. 
you could do something to the body, but I don't want to go there. I don't want to think that because that is the worst possible thought that can be imagined with that. Also, she was charged with tampering with physical evidence. We all knew she tampered with evidence. Whatever happened to the carpet, whatever, you know, all this crap, we knew she tampered with evidence. And she was arrested with no bail, meaning she was not getting out, no way, shape, or form. Now, she appeared in court on March 3rd in South Carolina at the Horry County. <laughs> Horry County, get it? Whore? Sorry, y'all. But she was um, like a live feed court date thing where they were going to talk to her about her extradition, whether she wanted to fight extradition or whether she was going to go ahead and just waive it and just go ahead and be extradited. Now, if you don't understand the extradition process, it would be where you said, okay, I'm going to fight my extradition. What does that mean for me? It means that they're going to prolong my court date, and then they're going to have to prove that I am who I say I am. So they're going to, like, take your fingerprints and that kind of stuff and say, okay, she really is this person. So, she, you know, she's going to be extradited. So basically, she'd just be beating a dead horse, waiting for nothing, and prolonging her time. And the judge made it very clear to her that however long it took would not be credited time. So if she got five years in prison, which, let's be real, she's not going to get five years in prison, but if she did, the time that she waited for this extradition hearing would not be credited to her. So, of course, she went ahead and waived it and said she'd be extradited back. She tried to talk a lot during this little, you know, live feed. And the judge basically told her to shut up. That, you know, you have some pretty serious charges against you. It'd be in your best interest to be quiet. Obviously, she talks too much. That's what's gotten her into this mess. A big part of it. But, hey, she thinks she knows what she's doing. Keyboard there. Thanks. Now, we know that she was booked into a Kansas jail last night, and most of us thought this was because, you know, it's a long drive from, let me back up, they were there to get her the same day, okay? There was no waiting for extradition. They were there the day she waived extradition to bring her back to Colorado. Now, they were driving her back. So, yesterday, the 3rd, okay, they were there to get her. Or on the 3rd, sorry. I'm losing my days. I'm confusing myself. Last night, as in the 4th, all right, she was booked into the Kansas jail. And everybody thought, okay, it's because they're driving so long and they all need a break. So they're going to book her into jail. They're going to get some sleep. Well, they booked her in about 3.15 p.m. And she was there until about 2.54 a.m. Well, let me just tell y'all, we were all wrong about why she was there. And I'll get to that in a minute. This morning, she was booked into the El Paso County Jail. Hallelujah. But as I said, Gannon has still not been located. Now, one of the pain in the butt things about this is that her arrest affidavit is sealed. So we're not going to know what the evidence is or what they found that led them to her arrest. Now, we can, uh, we can you know, speculate. We can assume that a lot of her lies caught up with her. But when it comes to the solid, concrete reasons why, they're not going to tell us that it is sealed in her arrest affidavit. So we're not going to know that. So a lot of us are wondering, what could it be? What could have led to this arrest? And one thing that has been like a major, you know, what if is what, what if Harley talked, her daughter? Because obviously Harley knew more about what was going on than we, or they wanted us to know. It was very clear during that news interview when Harley was coming to ask her mom what to say. So what did Harley know? Did Harley know? We don't know. But it's the question of, there have been rumors that there is a witness that spoke. So if there was a witness, could it possibly have been Harley who ratted out her mom? Don't know. Maybe. 
Now, another thing that has come up has been this crime online. Like, there's been three different crime online interviews with T. And then the last one, which actually came out, like, the day she was arrested, was talking about a bloody two-by-four and a sock. Both of these items had Gannon's blood on them, and they were found in Douglas County. And also, Al had texted her and asked her why there was a saucer-sized blood stain in Gannon's room. Now, of course, if this is true, I mean, I can't say, you know, this is 100% legit, but it's out of T's mouth, allegedly, so you know how that goes. But that would mean that when the search was going on in Douglas County for days and they were sifted through the snow, they told the media to back up. They wanted everybody out of the way. Maybe they did find this 2x4 in sock there. Now, T's response to this was, well, if they found this sock and 2x4 in the woods, you know, we sometimes take all the wood out of our garage and throw it out into the woods, or it could have been in the back of my truck and it just flew out. Yeah, totally, because when, like, my kids get cut and bleed all over a piece of wood or, like, they have bloody socks, I totally put them in the back of my truck and just go for a freaking drive. Let's be real. Now, she wants to explain away all of this blood in the house because, in her words, everybody has blood in their house. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, we may have a little bit, but saucer-sized blood stains. She says this is all from, you know, nosebleeds because Gannon got nosebleeds quite often. And, you know, he bled a lot. And sometimes he would walk around with blood on his arm. Okay, blood on your arm from a freaking nosebleed does not nowhere near equal saucer-sized blood stains on the carpet. Is this true? Don't know. She said at that at the time that she was interviewed, which was before she was arrested, that the police had not even spoke to her about this. So, is it true? Who knows? Now, during this press conference, because you know, they, they issued that they were arresting her on suspicion of murder, and they would have a press conference at noon, which was 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So, I was patiently waiting for this, and oh my God, guys, it broke my freaking heart. I don't think that I have ever cried so much over someone that I do not know as I did during this press conference because Gannon's mom, Landon, broke my freaking heart. In the very beginning when they were just reading the charges off, she immediately started crying as soon as they said first degree murder. And then they each got to issue like a statement and Landon chose to speak for hers, but Al had his statement read. And I mean, yes, Landon's was bad, but Al's really hit me in my gut because he said things such as, you know, We'll never have another Taco Tuesday. I'll never get to play Nintendo with you again. And when he was, or when the lady was reading these things, Landon collapsed into his chest. I mean, just crying. And it was the pain in her, just hearing her, you could tell she was in such pain and agony, knowing that her child was dead. And it broke my heart. And it made me angry because even she said, you know, this was a person that I trusted with my child. And there's so many people that we all trust with our kids or we let babysit. And there's many of us, myself included, who has a stepmom or stepdad in the equation. My children have a stepmom. Luckily, she's a fabulous stepmom and I don't have any concerns about her. But I just can't imagine. I trust her with my children. I could not imagine if she did something like this. I know she never would. She's not psycho like T, but if she did, I don't know how I would be able to react to that. And to be the father and know that this is the person that you married who hurt your child. The person I gave you more to than anyone in the world. You know, I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. It broke my freaking heart, y'all. Like, 
I cried like pretty much the entire day because it was so freaking sad and just made me angry. I don't understand it, how someone could hurt a child. And I don't understand how all of these parents out here these days are hurting and killing their children. I mean, you look at this Lori Vallow, where the hell are her kids? Obviously, it looks like she hurt them. Then you look at this Evelyn Boswell case, like where's this little baby? What did she do to her kid? You know, it's, just, it's making me sick that there's all these freaking Casey Anthony's out there. I, I cannot take it. It makes me insane. One more thing I want to talk about before I get into some more stuff is the fact that, you know, in Colorado, they're not like a death penalty state. And if you didn't know that, go back and look at Chris Watts. Now, yes, he did take a plea that he wouldn't go for you know, the death penalty and all that. But even if he had gotten death, Colorado is not a death penalty state. So they're not going to... They're not going to do it. They just, you know, so it makes me wonder, you know, like if she did kill this child, why in the hell is she not a prime candidate for the death penalty? I mean, Chris Watts obviously should have been. He took a plea and obviously he's never getting out, but this bitch is crazy and it has been documented for a long time by her criminal record, by her behavior, by her lies. I mean, I don't understand how she was ever an educator of any kind. When she had a criminal record like she did, it makes me insane. So with that, we will be right back. Welcome back, guys. And what we're going to talk about now is the fact that, you know, how hard is it to get a murder charge on someone without a body? And this is something that a lot of people have been questioning. You know, did they really find his body? Are they not telling us, but they did find it? There are no searches right now. They have all been suspended. So is there, you know, a possibility they found his body and they don't want us to know? But according to even Gannon's mother, Landon, they have not found the body. Now, I will admit this has definitely made me question because I feel like, you know, they obviously know more than we do. But we also have to remember that in this sort of case, in any murder case, at this point in time with our technology, we can tell by a crime scene if someone is dead by the amount of blood they lost, by, you know, the liquids and fluids that are excreted after death that, you know, are a definite sign of decomp. So if he were dead, say in that rental car she had, or, you know, I don't think he was dead in the home, but anywhere that he may have been dead, you know, you could look at that and say, well, this, this, you know, type of, you know, excretion from his body would only be a decomp. He had to be dead. Or, okay, a person that lost this much blood could not survive this attack. So, obviously, they have something like that that pretty much proves that they know he's dead. Even if they don't have a body. We know that this garage thing, if you haven't heard about that, apparently they were in the garage, you know, doing like a luminol search or whatever. And neighbors heard, like, a, a gasp, like somebody screamed. It was explained away as being that, you know, somebody shut the garage door suddenly and it scared so somebody screamed. But there has also been speculation about, you know, what if a family member was there or showed up there, walked in, and maybe they had sprayed this garage with luminol and there was a lot of blood and this led to, you know, them gasping or screaming. Of course, that's definitely possible. But then you have to wonder, will she take a plea? Because like when it came to Chris Watts, we know he took this plea, you know, for these consecutive life sentences to avoid the death penalty. But will Letitia take a plea? And if she does take a plea, 
would it be, you know, where she might take a lesser sentence? I can't imagine what could be less for her or what be agreeable. But if she did, would she disclose where his body was? That's something to watch for. But in my personal opinion, I do not think that she will do this because I still don't think that she feels like she did anything wrong. I think that she's going to play this not guilty. I didn't do anything. I am a victim card. To the very last second, she's not going to give out anything, in my opinion. Now, I could be wrong. I have been wrong before. But with a narcissist like her, typically they are not going to give any information because they love to hold on to the fact that they are innocent and they are a victim. And it's very, very clear, as I'll talk about here shortly, how she is so worried about what other people see that I don't think that she will take a plea. I don't see her doing that. Now, the DA has said that this type of case, you know, this big of a case, this type of situation, it could take about a year at least, at least to bring her to trial. So if that's the case and everything is sealed, then we're not going to find anything out until the trial. Now, Letitia has already tried to, you know, file all of these motions to suppress the media, keep the media out of it, keep all the documents sealed. She doesn't want anyone to know what's going on. She doesn't want the media there. She doesn't want any public people, you know, showing up in the courtroom. She wants it completely sealed. Why? Because she cares about her image. She cares more about her image than she does the fact that she is a freaking murderer. Now, we already know that today... The judge did deny that because she had wanted it to all be sealed when she went before a judge in Colorado today. But they did, you know, go ahead and just say um, negative on that and allow certain, you know, media coverage, expanded media coverage was granted today and for tomorrow. But, you know, we obviously all she had was her small little court date today that is not a big one that it's not like anything major. This one today was basically just her, what do they call it? I don't want to lie to y'all. This one is just where she goes in and they pretty much just read off her charges and she actually, advisement. she actually waived the advisement. She didn't want them to read her charges aloud. We'll get to that in a minute because whew, it's a lot. But as I said, the judge did grant the motion for expanded media coverage regardless of what she wanted. She does have a public offender. Do you guys remember how she was posting about how she had the same attorney that Casey Anthony had? And, you know, he was going to represent her. People had even asked him publicly, did he, you know, agree to represent her? And he, of course, was like, eh, no, definitely not. But still, T said he did. So we all had to wonder about that. And, of course, he did not. I think it's, is it Jose Baez? Is who she tried to say was going to represent her. But no, guys. She has a freaking public defender. So she does not have no, you know, high-profile attorney as she pretends like. So she can suck it. Now, the arrest warrant for her was actually issued for February 28th. So she, the arrest warrant was put into effect a couple days before she was arrested. She was in South Carolina. So I'm sure it took a couple days to get to her. So, you know... Did she see it coming? I don't think so, because I really think that she thought she was going to get away with this. One thing that has come to light in the past couple days is this accusation or, you know, story that she fell. 
And this fall happened back in like November of 2019. And during this fall, she could not return her teaching job. And she had gotten, you know, a TBI, which is a traumatic brain injury from this fall. Now, is this true? Don't know. Do I believe it? Probably freaking not. Now, there have been parents of students that she taught that have said that you know, they got this message that she wasn't returning because she fell. There's also been people saying that, no, it wasn't a fall, that she hurt her back at work lifting boxes, and apparently this was going to be like a worker's comp claim. Is there truth to any of this? I don't know. This is completely speculation. But if she did have this traumatic brain injury or back injury, then why in the hell is she working out and going hiking on a regular basis? That wouldn't add up. Basically, she wanted a worker's comp check, and we all know that she's grimy, and she'll do anything she can to try to get people to feel sorry for her, and she'll lie or whatever she has to do to get as much attention and sympathy from others as possible. Now, let's talk about her ex-boyfriend. He took to social media to tell everyone that he dated her before her now. His name is Travis Shelley. He said that T faked a pregnancy. She even had fake ultrasounds. He described her as a master manipulator and crazy, obviously. She has a record of this manipulation, this lying, whatever she has to do to get through whatever she wants, to make herself whatever she needs to be. She obviously has this knack for that. Now, a lot of us have questioned, you know, why haven't we heard from Al much during this? We've heard from Landon all the time. But if we think about that crime online interview with T where she said allegedly that he had contacted her about the blood in the house and the two by four and those things, it makes me wonder if Al was working with the police, if he didn't have a big presence, you know, in the media because maybe he was trying to get information from T, make her feel comfortable talking to him. So maybe that's why we didn't see him much you know, in the public eye, as a lot of us think we should have, or we had wanted to, maybe he was working her over. That could definitely make sense. Another thing is there was a lady in the neighborhood, in the community, that said, you know what, I want her to see Gannon. I want her to see what she's done as soon as she gets back to the El Paso County Jail. This lady took pictures, had like a giant memorial for Gannon made right at the entrance of the jail hoping that it would be the last thing that he saw before she was taken into custody there. And I think this is fabulous. I hope she saw it. But if we're being honest and we're being real, T has no emotion. She has no sympathy. She is a true psychopath. She doesn't feel bad for what she did. She doesn't think she did anything wrong. So I don't think it affected her, although I do hope it did. But we all know how she can be. There have been rumors that the crime scene, you know, has been found, although the body hasn't been found. Uh, they've investigated this, this crime scene as the, you know, spot of the actual murder. Now, where could this be? Could this be at the home? Could this be outside the home? Did she take him somewhere that day and kill him? Did she dump him? We don't know. But there has been a rumor that they know where the murder took place. Don't know if that's true. We do know there's no searches scheduled right now. So it, it definitely makes us question, you know, they obviously know a lot more than we know. What has gone on? What do they know? And when will we know anything? Because, of course, we're all invested in this case. We've all, you know, put in our, our time and our emotions and prayers into this. And we do want to know. 
But as frustrating as it is, we don't need to know right now. We just need to trust in law enforcement, trust in the DA and what they are doing, because obviously they have been doing it this entire time and they have gotten the arrest. As hard as that is for me to accept, accept, but it's all we really can do. Now, we know that Al has to be out of the house by tomorrow. I don't understand what kind of person would evict someone going through a murder investigation. It makes me question, you know, is the investigation of the home over if the person's going to be, you know, evicting him? And then you look at homes like the Chris Watts house where Shadan and the girls were, you know, killed or, you know, he didn't kill them there. I think he killed the girls there. But that house is still empty to this day, and it's been supposedly going up for auction over and over and never has made it. So it makes me question, you know, why would you kick him out, and is the home released by law enforcement at this point? Now we're going to get to the goods, guys. What happened tonight that is beyond freaking belief. This has just been released, and I just cannot wait to share it with you guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. Now let's get to some juicy stuff about psycho-ass Letitia. As if we all did not think that she was crazy enough, if we didn't think that she obviously was mental, crazy, whatever, we've all questioned if this whole brain injury thing is going to be a like last straw attempt at getting the insanity plea. And I'm wondering if her newest stunt may be part of that, too. So, earlier I talked about how they stopped in Kansas, and she was there for about 12 hours in the Kansas jail. Of course, we all thought that was because this long drive. Obviously, she would, you know, have to be put somewhere so that the deputies could rest. Nuh-uh. We were wrong. It's been released tonight that they stopped and had her booked into this Kansas jail because she slipped out of her handcuffs. In the back of the vehicle that she was being extradited in and attacked a deputy. Yes, attacked a freaking deputy. Now, it's rumored to be a female deputy. Of course, if you are being transported and you are a female, they're going to need to have a female deputy there because that female deputy is going to have to go in the bathroom with you and such. So, it would make sense for her to have a female deputy there. But she attacked them. And not only did she attack them, but that deputy was having... <laughs> Okay, they had to be taken to the hospital for their injuries. This is why they stopped, and this is why she was jailed in Kansas. It's not clear right now if she's going to face additional charges. But guys, innocent people don't attack the freaking cops. What in the hell is wrong with her? Now, I'm sure they were probably talking shit to her. Let's be real. I mean, I would be if I was the one transporting her. I'd be saying, oh, well, you know, you're a killer. You know, you killed your kid, and, you know, you're going to rot in hell, that sort of thing. But... Whatever the case may be, how did she slip out of her handcuffs? My question is, is it because of how greasy her hair is? You know, did she possibly, like, use that as a lubricant to get out of these handcuffs? Don't know. But either way, she attacked this deputy, and they were hospitalized for their injuries. Now, this makes me question, if she can send a deputy to the hospital, what could she have done to Gannon? I mean, this is crazy. And I'm curious, again, is this some more of this insanity plea? Oh, I wasn't in my right state of mind. I couldn't control myself. I had impulse control. I'm worried she's going to try to give you that. Now, the arrest affidavit, her attorney did file to unseal it. 
but that was only for the defense to see, her public defender. So she was in court today, as I said, which was her advisement. Now, this is where she basically comes in with her attorney, and they're going to, you know, read to her what her charges are. So they would say, okay, you're being charged with first-degree murder, you know, child abuse resulting in death, that sort of thing. She waived that. She didn't want them to say it. Why? Because she probably didn't want her charges read in front of all of the people in the courthouse or the media because, let's be real, she cares so much about what other people think about her. I'm sure she probably hates knowing that her greasy mugshots are out there. She deserves it. But her next court date will be March 11th, and this is going to be when basically they should arraign her. And But I, I don't understand the, the why we have to wait. I don't understand why they couldn't arraign her today, but I guess it's a process. It all has to be gone through, whatever. Now, are they going to request a change of venue? This is something that we're all curious about because, obviously, she's going to say she can't get a fair trial in El Paso County. Is she going to ask for a change of venue so that maybe she can get a fair trial? But let's be real. It doesn't matter where she goes. It's going to be the same thing. Guilt doesn't change depending on where you go. If you're guilty, it doesn't matter where the hell you are. You're going to be guilty there, too. But we'll wait and see. Of course, she's still on no bond. She is aware of her charges. For a while there, people were saying... Does she know what she's charged with? Does she think that it's just this fugitive from justice? Is kind of what they had her on in the beginning. Does she think that's what it is? But no, she is fully aware of what her charges are. And she appears so cold. Like if you watch her in today's little short video, she's cold. She shows no emotion. Her eyes are dark. She just doesn't act like she has any, you know, remorse or emotion. True psychopathic behavior, guys. Now, one thing that we did notice is she's wearing a suicide smock. And that's basically like this dress, and it cannot be ripped or, you know, torn apart to make a noose. So, this means that she's segregated from the general population. And she's housed right now with, like, the mentally ill and special needs inmates. Now, this is going to be mandatory for, like, 48 hours, and we're asking why. Now, this means she could have indicated that she was suicidal, or maybe the intake nurse assessed her and thought she was suicidal. Or the staff cannot guarantee her safety in general population. And obviously that's got to play into it because baby killers do not do well in jail. We know that if people get their hands on her in there, that they probably beat her ass to death. Yes, she would definitely deserve it. But they have to get her to trial. So is that why, why, why she's she so saying that, that, that why she's in this suicide smock? Or is she suicidal? Or is this another attempt at an insanity plea? Of course, we don't know. So, all I can say is she has definitely let her Lumberton ghetto come out. And if you don't know about that, then you're not from around where we're around from. And we know what the Lumberton ghetto can be. Obviously, she has that. And she has let it out full force. She is psycho. I don't know what the hell is wrong with her. I don't know why she thinks that it's going to make her look good or make her look innocent to attack a freaking deputy in the car. That did nothing but make her look worse. But as I've said, obviously she has an agenda, and more than likely her agenda is trying to get the insanity plea and pretending like she's out of her, you know, right state of mind. I don't think it's insanity. I think she is just full-fledged bitch, and she's crazy, and she's careless, and she's selfish, and she's a narcissist, and she deserves to get her ass beat in jail every single day. And that may be cruel of me to say. I don't really care. I have said it was her over and over and over. 
all of you guys have pretty much said it was her. We've all known this. We have been so mad. You know, why did Evelyn Boswell's mom get arrested for lying to police, but Letitia wasn't? Obviously, they knew what they were doing. And as hard as it's going to be for all of us to just shut up and just wait, that's all we can do right now. But the only thing I can ask you guys to do is just don't fuel the rumor mill. Don't add too much speculation. Just wait for the facts to come out. Of course, there's going to be speculation. There's plenty of screenshots of all kinds of random stuff. But the biggest and most important thing that you can do right now is just pray for Gannon and Gannon's family. And, of course, they are still asking for any information or any tips because they still haven't found Gannon. So if you know anything, call it in. I mean, it's tragic. It's hard to comprehend. As a mother and as a stepmother, I cannot imagine ever hurting one of my children or my stepchild. I don't know what's wrong with people, but all I can say is God have mercy because people have lost their freaking minds. And if you don't want your child, honey, I promise you, there's plenty of people that would love to have them. You don't have to hurt your kid. You don't have to do anything. You can surrender them and go right on about your perfect little life that you think you're going to have without your kid. You don't have to hurt them. I don't understand people. My kids make me mad. They frustrate me. They make me crazy as hell. But I never, ever, ever thought about hurting them or gotten so mad that I almost hurt them. And I feel like it's a problem that's not just in one location or one type of person. It is a broad problem that is, you know, it's going all the way across the United States. I don't understand it. I really don't. But all I'm asking you guys to do is pray for poor Landon and poor Al, for, you know, Gannon's poor little soul and whatever he went through. I pray whatever she did to him, he did not suffer. But I do hope that T suffers. I hope every day of her miserable life is hell. I hope she never feels happiness. I hope every day is just, you know, the worst day of her life. I don't want her to ever feel love's embrace, a hug. I don't want her to see daylight again. I want her to suffer for what she did to this little boy. As always, I'm going to follow this, you know, with every little beat of my heart and find out as much as I can. And as soon as there's more information, as soon as she appears in court on the 11th, you best believe I will be updating you guys. You can follow me here on my podcast. You can also follow me on YouTube. You can look up Mommy's Crime Time. You can also find me on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great night.